welcome. This is episode six of the One Rain Ride podcast. I'm your host, Michael Ward, and we just kicked that off with a little uh, ACDC Hell's Bells. Um, need a little hard rock today. I'm a little under the weather. Uh, it happens at this time of the year, but I'll fight through. I'll be fine. Uh, that song also reminds me of, and I'm sure there's a, a bunch of teams that use it, but Brother Rice when I was at their game against New Trier, used that uh, to walk into this, into their, onto their field. Very intimidating. Looks awesome. They all walk in a nice straight line from their locker room across their parking lot. Their heads are all sort of a little down a little bit. It's nothing, nothing hyped, just very methodical. And they walk in with that music playing, and I'm like, wow, that's, that'll get you started right there. I was standing literally on the field. And they were walking past me. I think I have it on video somewhere as they walk past me. Now, I will say this. They were playing New Trier. Um, and New Trier, it sort of fired them up, too. I think they saw it, and they started all jumping up and down. And I think it actually woke. I, I think that game, as I've said, again, anyone who follows me, um, that game against Brother Rice, I think, was woke New Trier up last year, which I think led them on to win their state championship. Um, that was a big-time game, big-time names. And I, at, at that point, I thought Nutrier had been a little lethargic, a little out of character. Uh, Nutrier is a tough team. Brother Rice is a tough team. So I think this finally, like, woke them up. Uh, Brother Rice beat them, but I thought that was the, the launching pad for Nutrier. So that was just a, a little recap of what I saw. thought the music went along with it. It all comes together. Uh, the, the cool thing was is it reminds me now of, of all the games that I went and watched last year. And I watched a lot of great games across whole bunches of states and drove everywhere and had a blast. Uh, so this past Saturday, we had college football or college lacrosse going. And I tried my best getting all these channels. I mean, I just subscribed to everything. I, you know, I'll narrow it down. I Again, I'm an old man. I'm... Uh, I'm a dinosaur. Uh, I don't know everything. So I just ordered all of these or got all these channels. So I got to watch a lot of lacrosse, uh, a lot of college lacrosse. And I, and, and I get really interested. Obviously, I'm a big fan of the Midwest. I, this is what I care about. I like the Midwest. I'm a Chicagoan. Now I live in Indiana, travel all the Midwest states to watch lacrosse. So there's sort of a strange pride I get in being able to watch the kids who I've watched in high school now playing on TV in college um, so I get sort of a kick out of it so actually you know speaking of brother rice uh, James Donaldson who's a freshman at Georgetown he was a brother rice player deep pole absolute stud um, I got some of his highlights sent to me I have no doubt about him then I got to watch uh, the Virginia game, Virginia Loyola game, which was which was great, because that had Quentin Matsui from he's from Eden Prairie, Minnesota. He plays for Virginia. He's also on the U.S. U19 team. Uh, Depole, another just I mean obviously these are all stud players. They're all D1 players on big time teams. He's on Virginia, so it was Quentin Matsui, and a lot of the times he was matched up on. Another Midwest kid who was playing against them, Joey Kamish from uh, Detroit Catholic Central, he plays for Loyola. 
So I get to watch that matchup, and I was that. I mean, that matchup. I, it was fun to watch. It was fun to see two freshmen contributing so much on big time teams. These aren't, you know, this isn't like oh, we barely made. These are legit, legit teams. I think, I think Loyola came in perhaps number fourteen, and I think Virginia was number two or one or three, depends on who you talk to. Um, so that was really cool. I also got a chance to see Evan James, who is from Dublin Kaufman, who also plays for Loyola. Uh, Najee Taylor, I didn't see if he got in the game at all. He's another freshman. He's from Loyola Academy. He's also on Loyola. So there's three of the three of my Midwest kids that I watch are all on the same team, which makes, it, makes me probably want to follow Loyola uh, a little more, just because I like to cheer for the cheer for the guys around there. Uh, Jake Rosa. Kiski Prep uh, plays for St. Bonaventure. He had three goals in his debut. Uh, that's that's quite a that's quite a move. A, a, a very good uh, day for Jake. I know his dad. Uh, he plays for Juice Cherries. His younger brothers, the Juice Cherries, and at Kiski Prep. I watched Jake last year play um, in the MLC. Stood out. I mean, just. Stood I, so much so that I think I even tweeted about saying there is one player who's standing out on this field, and this was a field that had Nutrier, Loyola, uh, Nutrier, Culver, Carmel, uh, Kiske was out there, obviously, uh, and some of the other great Midwest teams. So Jake had a nice first game for St. Bonnie. Uh, Luke Majic, another kid who I'm a huge fan of, love his game. Uh, I got some video of him. He's from Forest Hill Central. He was playing for Furman, uh, which was a snowstorm. I mean, I'm watching this game. I'm like, this is Furman. There's a snowstorm going on. I think he had an assist in his first game. I'm a real big fan of Luke's. Uh, I, 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 you know, I talked to his father. I, I enjoy watching him. So I'm, I'm very happy to see, see that first game go. I mean, this is first game college games, and these are freshmen from non-traditional places, and they're, and they're putting in the minutes and they're playing uh i know uh brooks south is also on Furman. i didn't get a chance if he got in i didn't see him but he's a new trier kid i didn't get a chance to see him uh one of my favorite players that i watched last year uh and i think i saw him three times in person maybe more otto bergman from chagrin falls otto bergman's goalie for those who don't know just to, ohio people definitely know him uh but he plays for Chagrin Falls. They won the state championship division two in Ohio. He's their goalie. Depending on who you talk to, he's six four or six six. He's huge in the cage and athletic as all get out. And I think that shocks people. And I and I wrote up a, I wrote an article or a, a write up about him for Inside Lacrosse. And uh, I basically said people are going to not believe how athletic this kid is. He's a hockey player. I mean, he moves, he's active, he's fun to watch. And so I got a video of him, and and, and basically I I was joking with my son because I showed it to him because we watched him together, and and we always amazed how low Otto would get in the cage, daring people to shoot high at him. I mean, it was just daring people, and then he would just explode up, and it was like he stopped him. Well, I'm sure that the coaches who were playing against him, uh, I forget who, who they were playing. He's at Canisius now. Um, and when he got in the game, the first shot they took, they shot low on him. And I'm sure the, the opposing coach was like, big, tall kid, shoot low on him. And he got down there so quick and stopped it. So I was super happy to see that. I was super happy to see that. He's a kid I'm going to watch 
all the time because I, I love his game. Um, and again, you know, it's, it's, I take a weird pride in it. I, you know, it might be creepy. I don't know, but I just sort of like it. Then there was uh, Jake DeMar and Michael Robinson, who are both Culver guys, who both play for Delaware, making their debut. Uh, Jake DeMar had two goals for Delaware, and Michael Robinson had seven goals in his first game, which tied a program record for most goals in their first game. So, I mean, if we're going to do a, a Midwest who kicked butt, I mean, granted, if you went to Culver, I'm calling you Midwest. So I don't care if you're from Canada. I don't care if you're from, you know, uh, the East Coast. You're a Culver kid. You're Midwest. It's Indiana. So I'm gonna I'm gonna cheer for you. I watched I watched them play last year. So I didn't have to go anywhere except up the road and watch them. So, but what a game! What a what a coming out party for Michael Robinson. I mean, seven goals in the first game. Program record. I mean, I, I that's gonna be great. There are so many other players who I can't wait to see that, um, again, if you're a parent and you're listening, shoot me, a, shoot me a message. Let me know uh, what time the game – I mean, there's so many different games. I also just, you know, got uh, a different association or different uh, conference packages on Roku. So, like, I have uh, the, uh, OA, the OAC, the athletic – or the Ohio Athletic Conference and, and – uh, the Great Lakes Valley Conference. So I watched um, games the other day. I got the Denison one because there's a bunch of kids that I want to watch on Denison. Denison's a great Midwest program. I want to be able to watch this. So f- please send me uh, messages, You know, DM me on my Twitter. Let me know. Or if you want to send me some highlights, I love seeing it. I, I mean, I'm as proud as everybody else about our Midwest kids, and I want to sit there and, and, and give them a shout-out and let people know how great it is and, and, and encourage the kids who are coming up and saying, hey, look, there is some publicity. There is this. There is that. It, it, there is someone who cares. Um, so that was nice. That was neat. But then, you know, it brings me into a, into a topic that I get all the time, all the time, every time, about D1. My kid plays D1. My kid wants to go to D1. How can my kid go to D1? It's D1, 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 D1 or bust, which I have a problem with because there's also – if you're playing in college lacrosse, you're, you, you're doing pretty darn good, and it doesn't have to be D1. And sometimes D1 isn't the best choice. Uh, I know – I could tell tons of stories that I've I've gotten. I don't want to tell anyone's names, um, but I know when you see, if you, you you might want to look at the transfer portal and see how many kids transfer. D one is not the best thing in the world. So, especially from the Midwest, I don't think any kids are really getting the kind of intense training in the high schools in the Midwest that will prepare them for the D1 intensity. It's not like football. I mean, there are high school teams in the Midwest, football teams, who are working your butt off almost year-round. Uh, they're putting you through the ringer. It's tough, tough for work. And then you walk into a college program, and you're like, oh, I know what to expect. I don't think a lot of these D1 kids know what to expect. So I have definitely heard of kids who went D1 were completely overwhelmed, completely overwhelmed, and quit. 
and that's sad to me, uh, you know. But again, when you go to D1, and, and, and I've talked about this with uh, other coaches, that's your job. You are a lacrosse player first. It's not you're going to go and enjoy the student life as much. You are a lacrosse player first. You better love the sport of lacrosse to be a D1 athlete because it's all-encompassing. And, as I say to parents, so is your, is your son ready for that? Do you know, understand that? Does he sleep with a stick? Is everything he thinks about lacrosse? Because that's going to be the case. Because if not... D1 might not be the thing. And it's not like there's a huge payoff afterwards. First of all, usually they're splitting 12 and a half scholarships for 45 people. So you're not getting a full ride. So if you hear people tell tell you, oh, my kid's got a full ride to here, it's, it's not true. It's not. It's not true. Um, there are, you know, financial packages that could happen. There are the, but as far as an athletic scholarship, they're only given 12.5. Now they could, they could use that 12.5 however they want they could sit there and say to all the kids you've got to make the school and pay full rate we're going to give one kid the scholarship or however it could be used different ways but again there is no million dollar multi-million dollar payoff after graduation like football like basketball that's why they have full rides they bring in revenue uh which is great but i keep saying like I'm a huge proponent of um, D3. I love D3. I love D... If you like a smaller college, uh, liberal arts colleges, a lot of them, great competition. I mean, great competition. If you haven't seen D3 play, go watch D3 games. They are great. There are players who are D1 players who are playing in D3. And I get this question from parents. Is my kid a D1 player? Now I don't want to ever sit there and say you're a D1 player, but I will say there. I will say this: there are D1 players who can't play D1, if that makes sense. And what I mean by that is, you've got a kid who could dominate, plays the game. He also plays football and he plays basketball or hockey. He's just great at pretty much everything he does, but it's not all-consuming. So you'll see these kids you've watched in high school not even play lacrosse at the next level, which is fine. You know, they just want to be they just want to be students. They just want to have a good time at college. College is supposed to be fun. You find yourself, you're on your own. You know, you don't some kids don't want to be tied up. Other kids do. There's also D2, which is a little less intense, but I actually think that's starting to get more intense. You're seeing you're seeing more publicity for D two. Uh, you're seeing it expand. Uh, I think there's 73 D one teams now. I think there's 71 D two teams. You're seeing some of these D two teams. Their campuses are changing. Their their facilities are changing. They give scholarships as well. They could do a lot with financial aid. So that's you know that's a little intense. And then you have D three. D three you could have a life. There's 240. Eight-ish, again, I'm not quite positive, teams for D3, there's no scholarships. So that takes the pressure off. But there is financial aid, there is there is merit scholarship, there is, they, they try, if, if they want you, I think they, they could figure out a way to get you. Again, you have to have grades. You can't, 
in any in all these levels, you need to have great grades. You need to have great grades because that that gets you in. So it's about the grades first to be a student athlete. It's about it's about being a student first. And I don't want to disparage ba- football or basketball or anything, but you could have suspect grades and be on Alabama or or you know a big time team because you're generating money. Uh, these you're not generating money. No one's buying your jerseys. No one's you know there's not a hundred thousand people packing the stands. So you have to be the student athlete first. Now at D three. Some are very intense, but they're but you could you could live your life. You can go and have you can go a junior year abroad. Uh, I'm sure that's probably going to change at some point too, because everything seems to be getting more and more ramped up. But it's more of a life. You can go to school. You could be a student. You could have fun, and then you could play lacrosse. Perhaps at D one, you're a lacrosse player at this school, where at D three is you play lacrosse. You're a student who plays lacrosse. And a lot of these D3 schools, a lot of the other kids are also athletes. You know, they're not the biggest student bodies in the world. So, you you know, you see some of these schools and they're like, oh, 50% of the student population are athletes. So it's, it's a pretty cool thing. Then there's the MCLA, which, you know, there's, I think, 200 plus teams in the MCLA. Schools like USC, Arizona, Arizona State, UCLA, like all the Pac-12 teams I think are pretty much in there, except Utah, obviously. The SEC teams, Florida, uh, Alabama, LSU, some ACT teams like Clemson and Miami. These are big, cool schools. You want to go to those schools, if you're going to go there and you want to play lacrosse, they all have teams. You're walking around wearing an Alabama helmet and an Alabama sweatshirt, Alabama lacrosse. You know, that's you're representing a pretty huge school and you're still playing lacrosse, having a good time. Some of these teams are super competitive. Some you know, the the, the level of play in MCLA uh is 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 great because I'll 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 give you an example and this is what I I know for a fact. Now the thing that it's a lot of player driven. They have to raise money uh they don't have a lot of money. Some places they allow them to play on campus. Other times they're playing at a park. You usually have to pay to get on the team. Uh, not, I mean, not to make it, but when you make the team, it costs money. It's not paid for by the by the school. So it could be some people are, you know, they're paying $500. Some people are paying $5,000. You know, these guys are traveling. They're going, you know, I think – Alabama will be playing at Clemson. I think UCLA or USC travels to the to Florida. Or the, the traveling is great, and they're playing eighteen games sometimes a year, which is which is great. So you, you there's a, a opportunity, but I know this. So let's say you're a kid from California, great player, and you play let's West Coast Stars. You get a you have the opportunity to play D1 at Syracuse, for, let's just say. So you're a California kid. You get, you know, $20,000, let's say. Again, these are just rough numbers. I'm just making this. You get $20,000 to go play at Syracuse. You're still playing 30. November comes. It snows. You've never seen snow in your life. 
All of a sudden, you're busting your butt playing lacrosse. You're seeing snow. You're halfway across the country. You're still paying to go to school there, and you might sit there and say, this sucks. I didn't. I don't want this. I could go back, live in California, go to UCLA for a state school price, 18000 something like that. Uh, I can go to UC Berkeley. I can, you know, I can go to any one of the number of UC schools and go play on their lacrosse team, have fun, pay less, and, and, and be in better weather. So when you look at some of these West Coast MCLA teams, you see a lot of kids who were former D1 players, and you go, whoa, what's, what's he doing? Well, he didn't want the, he didn't want the, 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 hard, the hard work or the, you know, the intensity of it in college. He wanted to enjoy college and play lacrosse. So you see that there's another, a whole level of another opportunity to play lacrosse. You could still be a student, still play lacrosse, still have fun. You know, the, 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 the idea of going to Alabama, I'm using Alabama because that's the school my son wants to go to. Uh, they offer a lot of money for financial, a lot of merit scholarship money. Uh, if you have great grades, they do a lot to get you there. And I've said to him, you know, roll tide. You, you you get that much money and you can make school that cheap and you can play lacrosse, go for it. I mean, that's that's awesome. Plus, not to mention, going to see football games at Alabama, being a part of that student body, that's appealing to some people. So there's the MCLA. There's another uh, another opportunity to go and, and, and follow and go that level. NCLL. Uh, Usually those are t- NCAA or colleges that have a club team, but since their NCAA team is in lacrosse, they can't be in the MCLA. So like Navy, Navy's got a NCLL team. Uh, I think Ohio State. So a lot. There's 140 of them. So there's a lot of schools for the NCLL. So there's this another level, junior college. Junior college, I think, gets shortchanged more than anything. I believe there's in the mid-20s amount of teams. Junior college, A, you might not be ready for a big-time school. You might need a little extra. A lot of kids are, you know, they do the PG year. They're going and paying $60,000 a year, playing as a fifth-year post-grad senior. Well, I think junior college does pretty much the same thing, gets you college credits, you're going there, getting college credits, going for two years, getting all your, your core classes out of the way for a less expensive uh, alternative, playing top-notch lacrosse. Top-notch. Top-notch. Because you see these Ju- JUCO kids, so year three and four, they might be studs on D1 teams. So you're playing great kids who just might have needed a little more seasoning or who just might say, I want to go the first two years, knock everything out of the way, play lacrosse, and see what happens going there. It's an alternative to the PG year. I think that's a, uh, I think that's an avenue that needs to be highlighted more for, for parents and, and players alike. Uh, I, I will try to get more uh, information about it. I'll try to get somebody from a junior college to talk about it. We'll have them on the show. You know, my job here, the, the job I do when I'm sitting on this radio or headset podcast, whatever we can call it, uh, is I'm trying to help parents out with the very same questions that I had, with the very same questions that I hear on the sidelines that I've, that I've heard forever. This is how it started for me is, 
I was around so many people that I just sort of learned this by osmosis, and then I said, I'm going to sit there and try to learn more. And if I can't learn it or if I don't know it, I'm going to ask somebody who I think knows it so that I could put it out to you guys who, who, who then could make a better decision. I don't need to do this for, you know, people in Long Island or parents in Baltimore. I, I don't need to do this for a lot of parents in the Midwest because a lot of the parents in the Midwest have, have gone through this. But there are the new parents. There are the people that this sport is, is, is lifting up and grabbing who don't know what the future is. And I want to be the voice for them. I want to I be the sounding board. If they ask me something, I've been asked stuff, and I, and I reach back, and I call people, and I, and I get them answers because we're sort of all in it together. So, uh, again, that's, that, that's what this is for. You know, there, there's the NA, NAIA, which I think, again, 30-something teams, usually smaller schools. I think a lot of them are in the Midwest, I think. Uh, they have their own basic rules. They don't have to follow NCAA rules, so they have looser scholarship requirements. So I think they could do real good in the money. And, again, I concentrate on the money. Uh, Coach Garland said something at one point at one of his talks where I, it, it, it resonated with me. It stays with me. I hear his voice in my head. We don't leave money on the table. The job is to get the school. The job is to get the education. And if you can get money to get an education by playing a sport, you take that money. Don't leave the money on the table. So if the school fits you uh, and the money's right and you can play lacrosse and that's something you want to do, that sounds pretty good to me. Again, I have a student who's a junior, a son who's a junior. Uh, I don't know what his future holds. I don't know what he wants to do. He, you know, sometimes I, I know this. He definitely wants to, if, he, if he's going to play at the next level, it would definitely be something in the D3 or MCLA because he wants to be a student. He wants to go to a great school. He wants to go to the best school he can get into for the least amount of money. He's very cognizant of the money aspect. And I know a lot of parents are cognizant. There's a ridiculous amount of money to go to college. It's, it's insane. The student debt level for these kids is absolutely crushing. And I've told my son, I'm not going to allow you to go into debt to go to college. And I've told my daughter this. I'm not going to allow you to go into debt to go to college. And you're not going to make me go into debt for you to go to college. I didn't go to college. I'm fascinated by college. But the only reason I'm fascinated by college is, A, because I didn't go, and I always visited my friends in college, so my experience of college was all weekends and parties. So I was like, this is great. I want him to experience that, but also the school. And I, don't want, and I said, I have a lifestyle I'm going to maintain, and I'm not going to spend my money ruining my lifestyle so you can go to have four years of fun. So we're working that out. So those are the options. Those are the options for parents to have. And again, I can go more in depth at some point. I, it just This all sort of just melds into each other when I'm watching the games, and, and, and I want to let parents know this. Um, it's, it's something you have to think about. It's something your kids need to think about. I, I know it, it just – I've had parents who have kids in eighth grade who are talking about D1 lacrosse, and, I'm, and, and I cringe and I say, don't worry about it. 
don't worry about, especially in eighth grade. This isn't the old days where kids were getting recruited in eighth grade. Don't worry. Go through high school. See how you play in high school. See how your son likes it. See how his grades are. So that is, I guess, my spiel on this. Here, 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 well, it's not my spiel, let's say. Uh, here's a letter I got, or an email I got, from a parent who has gone through this. And he wrote me this wonderful letter, and I think he wrote it for his community and sent it out to him. And I'd like to read it to you because this is from a parent's perspective, and it's pretty much a lot of what I said, but way more concise and spoken than my babbling incoherent nonsense. So let me read this to you, and I hope this is something that helps and you can follow along. So here we go. Over the last two years, I have been heavily involved in the recruiting process for both a softball player and a lacrosse player. Both have committed to play NCAA D3. I have learned a lot along the way, and I'm compelled to offer you what we've learned for two reasons. First, I love my community, and I think it's important that we share information since, this is no manu- since there is no manual for getting recruited. The other is I'm surprised at the misinformation about how it works. Keep in mind the things I'm going to say are my own experience and not meant to be taken as gospel. Take the things you like and form your own approach. I also think it's nice to get a parent's perspective in addition to a coach's perspective. Choose the school minus athletics. Very early on in our recruiting experience, we sat with a D3 coach. I remember him telling us, choose the school based on your major and where you want to go to college without the athletics. I can't begin to tell you how important this advice is. Regardless of wins and losses and D1 versus D3 or even NAIA, choose the school based on the education you want. For most collegiate student athletes, there is no professional career after school. If you base your school decision on, a- on the athletics and you break your femur the first day of practice and can never play again, you are now stuck at a school you didn't want to attend. Pick the school then pursue the coach. Don't look at the price tag. The other thing we said that helped us was don't look at the price tag. The coaches and the schools will find a way to get you there if you are the right fit. Seems like the smaller the school, the bigger the price tag. Where there is will, there is a way. There are enough grants, scholarships, endowments, etc. to get you into the school you want to go to. Create the following. Number one, a YouTube channel. Number two, open an email account just for recruiting. Number three, huddle video. Number four, a Facebook recruiting page. Don't wait to be discovered. Visit the school's athletic pages you are interested in. See if they have a recruiting questionnaire. Fill out the questionnaire. They'll ask all sorts of questions and they are all a little bit different. They will ask for goals, batting averages, assists, grades, ACT scores, potential majors, any other schools you're interested in, summer teams coaches, school teams and coaches info, and school guidance counselor info. Pretty basic stuff. Some even ask for highlight videos. Don't fret if you don't have everything. Research. Once you've sent a questionnaire, these websites normally have rosters and even coaches' bios. Look at the roster. You could learn a lot about the coaches recruiting by looking at the kids currently on the team. Big kids, little kids, in-state kids, out-of-state kids, lefties, etc. Then email the assistant coaches. Their emails are usually readily available. Copy the head coach. 
Introduce yourself. Give them a quick rundown of your grades, aspirations. We normally attach the link to YouTube videos and Facebook recruiting pages we created. I like the Facebook recruiting pages because we could offer deeper insight into things like character, scholastic achievements, video snippets of cheering from the, the dugout awards banquet, things that aren't on recruiting questionnaires. Where am I? <laughs> I'm sorry, I just lost my place. Things that aren't on recruiting questionnaires or recruiting profiles. Some coaches looked at it, some did not. It was free and it couldn't hurt. We made great use of huddle videos, but we also did our own filming. I added video from games, etc., to the YouTube and Facebook. Emails. Ultimately, emails should come from the student-athlete. Our reality was that it was a collaborative effort. My kids and I worked together to make sure we were sending the right message. Make sure you use the email address you created for recruiting so you don't miss an email from a coach. On Mondays, we would invite the coaches to games and tournaments. Don't wait until Friday to invite coaches to games. By then, they've made their schedule. Make sure to include address to the field, field number, times, team name. Even if you don't think they will come, invite them. One thing the coach said that is you cannot email a coach too much. If this is the school you want to attend, make sure the coach knows that. Email them after a game. Email them after you get your ACT scores. Email them about the A on your algebra test. Follow your potential teams. Email coaches and congratulate them on the big win yesterday. You should not copy and paste emails from one coach to another, but if you do, make darn sure you change the names. Double check. Triple check. Either email them about increasing your bench press, 60 time, or weight gain. Keep emails to the point. They don't have a lot of time. Be positive. Be concise. Don't expect them to read every word of your emails. Keep emailing, even if they don't respond. Keep in mind, NCAA rules may prevent them from responding, but that doesn't mean you can't send them email, emails. Travel ball. For me, travel ball is more about the coaching and networking than it is about the winning. You need to be on the teams that go to the tournaments the recruiters are already or willing to go to. They don't care if the team wins, but if you are playing a small local tournament, chances are they'll never get to see you. Choose your summer teams based on the quality of coaching to improve your skills and whether the coaches have some network of college coaches. Prospect camps. For us, prospect camps are thinly veiled money grabs used by coaches to help fund their respective programs. We are very selective of the camps we attended based on the responses we got from coaches. Keep in mind, D1 coaches will not respond to emails. If, if a D1 school is where you want to go, get there. But make sure the coaching staff knows you are coming and how excited you are to be there. When you get there, make sure the coaches know you've arrived. Introduce yourself, shake their hand, and then go leave it all on the field. Thank them before you leave. Send them an email thanking them when you get home. Post a picture on your Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook page of you at the camp, on campus, or even with the coaches. Let them know this is a big deal to you and you are grateful. Pursue the coaches. D1, D2, D3, NIA. Make sure you research each school before you get your heart set on one or the other. My son could have played D1, but he wanted nothing to do with D1. He wanted a small school where everybody knows each other, where he could be a student, 
where he could focus on his ministry. D1 is not for everyone. D3 is not for everyone. Make sure the school you are looking at will give you the college experience and the launch pad for life you are looking for. Sports is only a small part of the whole college experience. Make sure you choose wisely. Be realistic. Be honest. Follow your dreams. D1 has athletic money. D2 has some athletic money. D3 has no athletic money. D3 athletes get more academic money than just academic kids get. NAIA has buckets of money and no NCAA rules. Don't look at the price tag. Most D3 schools are small private schools and are usually very expensive. They know in order to get talented athletes, they must compete with state school costs. If they want you, they will find a way to equal or beat the local state school costs. Grades. Grades are super important. Every coach will ask about grades almost immediately. Initially, they don't want to waste time recruiting a kid that can't get accepted into the school. They also want a kid that can manage time and pressure of maintaining grades and high-level athletics. If they have any athletic money at all, they usually split the money amongst athletes, and any time they can help get academic money, that helps spread athletic money around further. Keep taking the ACT or ACT, ACT or SAT as much as you have to to get the score your school needs to max you out on grants, scholarships, endowments, whatever name they give it. Social media. Social media can be your friend or worst enemy. We follow several teams, coaches, and players. Make sure your social media is squeaky clean. No parties. No hate. 100% All-American Great Kids Social Media outbook, Output. They will look and they will eliminate you if they find some dirty laundry. Use it to your advantage. Tag coaches, players, etc. so you make sure they see what you want them to see. Part of the recruiting questionnaire will be Twitter and Instagram handles, Facebook pages, etc. Make sure you check out players' social media. Most teams have their own social media. Make sure you are up to date on what is going on with your favorite teams. Once you've invited a coach to come to your games, make sure your body language is good. Any hint of a bad attitude, selfishness, or a spoiled brat will get you whacked. Out-of-control parents, get your kids whacked. Cheer on your teammates. Don't react negatively to a bad play. Hustle on and off the field. Be positive. Encourage. Don't assume because you can't see a coach, they're not watching from a difference. distance. I know a college coach watched my daughter from the next field over from her softball game. Prospect games and camps. For us, we saw most prospect camps, clinics, and games to be program fundraisers. When you go to tournaments, teams buy the contact info from tournament organizers, and you will get all kinds of emails inviting you to these events. The, the vast majority are nothing more than money grabs. For those, we chose to only go to the camps that where we felt there was some mutual interest. You are eventually going to have to visit your top picks. Go to overnights, meet the teams, watch practices. Connect with team members, walk around campus, take a tour of the campus, go to some games. My advice is to avoid prospect camps until you narrow your search down to a few schools. Make sure you engage the coach when you get to the camp. Make yourself known. Always email the coach when you get home from a camp, thanking the coach for their time. Recruiting services. Personally, I think these are a waste of money. NCSA, field level, riser, etc. They all claim to do great things for you but they really do nothing you can't do for yourself for free. 
You may find value in them, but for us, they were a complete waste. They all have free profiles. Many tournaments and prospect camps use their services for camp or tournament registration. You'll get inundated with emails encouraging you to take advantage of their premium service packages. We ignored them all. We filled out the free profiles. They sent constant emails about a coach, viewed your profile. It's all hype to get you to pay monthly fees. Don't fall for it. The coaches that tried to contact us only wanted to send camp invites, more money grabs. Make sure your contact info is on everything, including jersey numbers you send out, especially tournament profiles. Coaches that discover you at a tournament need to be able to track you down easily. Don't make them search for you. So that's the end of his letter, and I thought that was a pretty darn good letter, and, and I wanted to share it with you because I think it it answered some questions. It might not be everything that you think, but it's one man's perspective, and I think it was a pretty good perspective. He has two kids, both of them going to college, two different sports. Take it or leave it, I thought I'd share it. I thought it would be something that would add some enlightenment. Uh, I'd be happy to share this letter with you if, if he allows. I don't want to, you know, give his name out uh, unless, of course, he allows it. Uh, but I think that's good advice. I think that's the advice that we should be more educated. That's truly what I'm about. So I don't need to drone on any much longer. Uh, I know sometimes I get long-winded. There's my little bell. Um, I know I can get a little long-winded and talk about stuff, and you might not want to hear it all the time, but uh, I think starting next week, as I'm, I'm down in my, in my dungeon here doing all my research for the Midwest teams, I think probably next week I'll start breaking down states. Either next week or the week after, I'll start going state by state, breaking down the teams, uh, my thoughts, what games I plan on trying to attend. Uh, I will have, I'm not sure if I will have my, um, the people who are going to help me out on the show. I don't, that's still up in the air, but we could start getting into the nitty gritty of the high school season, which is my favorite time of the year coming up next. So again, this show is for you. I can sit here and talk to myself for an hour by myself because that's what I'm doing. So if you're enjoying the show, please let me know that you're enjoying it. Uh, please reach out if you have any questions, any comments, want to talk about things. I can't tell you how many people have reached out, and I appreciate all of it, and I know sometimes I don't get back to you all right away, but I'm, I'm, I'm finding it and I'm reaching it. And, and I know a lot of people have this topic, this topic, this topic, this topic. I have to sort of narrow it down so I can go week by week. Actually, I think probably by the time uh, the high school season starts, I might have to do a show, not, not a long one, but like maybe a 15-minute show for each. So I'll do the normal show and then maybe a 15-minute show for each state. So you might want, want to listen to the 45-minute to an hour show you might just want to listen to if my team got mentioned in indiana where i'll do maybe a 15 minute recap ranking uh of the teams i mean i already have an idea of what teams I, I, i'm putting up there 
all I know it's going to be a great it's going to be a great season. I'm so looking forward to it. So if you want to reach me, you can email me at mward at laxrecords.com. You can follow me on Twitter at m at mward lax records, which my Twitter handle is at mfwchi, or on my other Twitter handle for this podcast is at one man ride. Feel free to reach out. I, I again I know people do i i really enjoy it uh and so until next time you know i want to thank you for being on my one man ride but until next time see ya